Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Sunderland are half the way to Wembley. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Roker Report podcast where we are revelling in a 1-0 win over Kenny Jackets Portsmouth at the fourth time of asking. Sunderland have overcome their promotion adversaries and now have a second leg in which to seal the deal. Sadly, the entire occasion, albeit very good to watch, especially in the second half, was overshadowed and underpinned by a brutal injustice on a certain Turkish centre-back, but we shall get to that in good time. Until we get to that, I will introduce the people who are with me in the studio. First of all, we have Johnny Goldsmith, who basically lives here, never leaves. Yes, um, here again. I mean, where else would I be? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. there was a small tent situated outside the David Putnam building in which Johnny Goldsmith is known to live and cook his food. Can you yes. confirm that's true, yes. Johnny? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, th- there you go. He's also joined by Gav, who is making a rare appearance in the studio, but an appearance nonetheless. How are you doing, Gav? Not bad. Steaming in back stick. No. Not getting on the end of that corner. Oh. To save yeah. the pod. That's you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the impact sub at the far post. The Chris Maguire. The Chris Maguire, yeah, yeah, yeah. The free running cam with a deadly finish. Mm. That's you, Gav. And joined as well. And Gav, you're going to turn that phone off, young man. <laughs> it's not on. See, that, that, that's the etiquette. I've not been there. Honestly, yeah. You can't expect your, uh, your your podcast guests to be able to talk and able to keep the phones off. Otherwise, they'd be at a higher level. You know, it's just deluded it, to think otherwise. You know, it, was, it was Connor Bromley that's sending a Photoshop of himself, which is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Let's have a look. Bad audio, this, by the way. Ooh, oh, crikey. My word. We'll put it on oh, Twitter word, just to show people how bad it is. Oh, yeah. Connor has sent Gav a yeah. Connor has sent Gav a collage of his own face for for no reason in particular, as far as I'm aware. But obviously, Phone background maybe thinks yeah. You know, he sat this thing and you know what it is. It's 13 minutes past five. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works of the podcast. That's what he's like. <laughs> that, that's Connor's voice. We are also joined by the soulless husk of Graham, another Roker Report member, normally seen on the Extra Podcast. You've seen better days, Graham. Am I right in thinking? I'm not well, like. Why aren't you well, Graham? You've been sick. How many times have you been sick, Graham? Just how many times, Graham? A lot. I like. Why, why, why have you been sick, Graham? Because I'm a bad lad. Why are you a bad lad, Graham? Because I drink too much. Okay, I there we go. Problem. See, well, you know, well, the, the first step is admitting it, of course. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So a very quick summary of the game last night. Chances are you've seen it either on Sky Sports or in the stadium itself. But we'll give you a brief run through anyway. Sunderland beat Portsmouth 1-0 in what was at first uh, a fairly cagey affair. The first 45 minutes, both teams were, were rather drab. Neither seemed willing to break the other down and couldn't really pass water, for want of a better term. They really couldn't ping the ball around much at all. But the second half came around and while Portsmouth remained as stagnant as they were in the first half, Sunderland were anything but. They really stepped the pace up and... After some continued pressure with um, Honeyman very unlucky not to score when his header was saved by the um, head of Craig McGillivray, which was a really jammy save in my opinion, but hey-ho. 
about five or six minutes after that, Chris McGuire pinged one from outside the box following Lyndon Gooch's cross, which meant that Sunderland took a 1-0 lead. Alim Ozturk then, uh, well, the referee rather, gave the Sunderland fans a bit of a scare when he sent off Alim Ozturk after he fairly blatantly won the ball from Christian Burgess, uh, a decision that will hopefully be overturned. But that being said, even though Sunderland went down to 10 men, Portsmouth still couldn't do much of anything. We saw the game out fairly comfortably. And we've won this leg 1-0, which means our aggregate going into the second game is exactly that. We have the one goal advantage. So, before I finish talking... Take because, a breath. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a little breath, you know. I, it's it's always, always good to do that, you know. It's, uh, was it yeah. Burgess that he fouled by Was it Bur- I thought I thought it was Isn't Burgess. Burgess the centre-half for the ponytail? Could be, yeah. I mean, I don't well, know. Uh, Who was it who I, fouled? I thought, I thought it was Evans, but yeah, then... I thought it was oh, Evans. it was Evans. It was Gareth Evans, yeah. Yeah. It was Gareth Evans. I do apologise. It was one of the things that stuck out of Kenny Jackett's rather hilarious post-match interview where he said the referee had no choice but to send Ozturk off. No choice, no choice. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Well, I mean, you know, he won the ball, but it's going to have to be a red. You know, the hand's forced there, really, isn't it? It's one of them things where if it was the other way around, he said, oh, I don't know why the referee's given him a red card. You no, know? but even before, you, even before he said that, he said, I've seen it back a couple of times now, and mm. the referee had no choice but to send him off. What? Yeah, he well, needs to go and get some... Get some glasses. Kenny Jack, it's just like a, a, a Poundland sensationalist Premier League manager, isn't he? You know, you, you've got your figures <laughs> like Allardyce and Warnock and Daishu, you know, always have quite interesting like presses. He's just like the League One version of Crumb that, really. Well. He's got a crap name. Yeah, Kenny Jack. Jacket. Okay, just so, three word review. Let's see what the people on Twitter <laughs> made of yesterday's game. So, Mobile Magum says, nothing to fear. Tom Atkinson says, Maguire, you beauty. Macamino says Pompey Dirty Weirdos. <laughs> Sam Blakey says Much Better Spirit. Chad Jarvis says No Straight Red. Tim Ward says Halfway There. Fellow Roker reporter Jack Ford has evidently miscounted his words for the three-word review because he said Blood, Sweat and Backbone. Jay Cannon says Alex Can't Run because he beat us in the 10K <laughs> this morning. Awful oh, block. Okay. Awful block. Adam Coates says Where Was Everyone? Agar says Same Again, Lads. David McCluskey says Chris King Maguire. Mark Oliver says job half done. Stu Rutherford says wise men say. Prince Alim Ozturk says Prince Alim upset. <laughs> Magic Matthews says justice for Ozturk. Tom Pugh says Ozturk and King. Joe Gorman says no part-timers. Billy Morgan says how is McGeady? Andy Snowden says all hail Maguire. And Peter Sullivan says viva la King. So... Yeah, that's our three-word review. A very lot more. Regal, wasn't yeah, it? very, very regal, very regal. Yeah, we've got Prince <laughs> Alan, we've got King Maguire, we've got the entire yeah. royal family there. We're getting there. Aren't we? <laughs> ah, it's, it's really, it's really not that bad. No, no. It's um, considering that we've only ever had joggers in the past few seasons. Well, hey, hey. hey. Oh. right. Well, I'm gonna stop talking now. That's my cue to stop talking. So we'll go to you, Gav. You were at the game. What did yeah. you make of it? Give um, us your thoughts. I think the first half made us worry more than it did feel hopeful for the second because when we went to half time, I felt like God. We're just not going to break these down. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, Ross done what he hasn't done a lot of, probably in the last third of the season, and made a sub early doors, which changed the game. I was one of the one of the people who said, I think Chris Maguire should have started. But to be fair, as an impact sub, it worked, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And that was what we needed. I mean, I texted in our group chat saying at half time that I felt when Maguire's on the pitch, people look for him all the time, always try to get him the ball. And it makes us just that little bit more, I don't know. We, we had the edge when we do that. Mm-hmm. And Portsmouth didn't really know how to live with Maguire, I didn't think. I just thought he changed the game totally. What, does, on head. what does Chris Maguire, or rather in just that case, what did Chris Maguire bring to the team that wasn't in the team prior? A bit of leadership. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of like all screaming at people and telling people what to do, because I thought he'd done a great job of that last night. Absolutely. I just mean, although you're a cohesive unit as a team, you also need to have players who you can look upon and go, if I give him the ball, something's going to happen. Um, McGeady is generally that player, but we didn't have him. Mm-hmm. So when Maguire came on, it was a case of we got the ball into positions in the second half we didn't in the first. Mm-hmm. Honeyman stopped chasing around like a dog chasing a balloon because Maguire came on and played that role 10 times better because Maguire is just a much better player in the, in the number 10 role. Um, although he did play off the right a bit, but you know what I mean. He made very good sort of like incisive runs yeah. through the middle, mm-hmm. which you could either get a, sh- a shot away from or just bring the wide plays into the game more. Yeah. Whereas it was a bit sort of sterile in the, the final third yeah. without his introduction. 
Yeah, and I think I just I just think we're a better team when he's on the pitch. Uh-huh. So it was yeah, it was it was sensible from Ross to to bring him on, and he obviously changed the game. Let's say it was fantastic. I thought I thought when the news filtered through that McGeady was obviously missing five minutes before. Everybody kind of like the the life just drained out of them. Like, oh, there was a collective groan, yeah. I think, around the stadium, wasn't there? Yeah, and credit to Lyndon Gucci, totally stepped up. I've I've seen people slate his performance on social media, and I just don't yeah. understand it. I thought, although I've been one of his biggest critics over the last six months or so, I just thought he was brilliant. I thought he'd done everything that he was doing in the first part of the season, where he was harassing players when he had the ball in good positions. He wasn't holding on to it too long. <clears throat> There was that one where he caught the long ball out of thin air, put Thompson on his backside, then whipped the ball across to Honeyman, who's really unlucky not to score because of the keeper. Really unlucky. Um, I thought that was the best bit of play in the game. So I just think we've got to give credit where it's due with Gooch. I think he's he's took a lot of stick, deservedly, because his performances have been terrible, but I thought he was the one player who stepped up a great deal when McGeady wasn't in the team. There was a cross in the first half as well where he came down... Just from the, from the right from the right hand side, and, and he he picked out the cross and he curled it right under Wyke's forehead. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think as for as for accuracy, his his crossing was a lot better yesterday. Yeah, more more of that. If he does more of that, he will play every week mm-hmm. because in the first six weeks of the season, he done that every week, every game of consistency. He was putting the ball on a plate at Madja. He was scoring goals himself. I think he's still the top assist maker in the team, even though he probably hasn't registered an assist since. 2018 I'm pretty sure he hasn't got one um, I, don't, I don't know the stats that yeah, well to be honest I'm pretty sure he is still the top assist maker on the team which is crazy really because we haven't really struggled to score have we but um, it just shows how good he was in that first part of the season hopefully that's his signal to say I'm going to kick on for the last couple of games absolutely I couldn't agree more Graham when you were still when your spirit still resided in your body you were at the game yesterday <laughs> weren't you yes, yes. Um, so what did you make of it I, th- I thought first half was like it was like watching paint dry. It was really, really poor. But then credit to Jack Ross. Normally, what he says at halftime seems to change the game quite negatively recently. But I think obviously he said something at halftime that kind of got the lads up for it. And I thought, kind of like Gav was saying, I really feel like Maguire kind of led. And I think all the people that you're, you're looking to step up in a game like that did do that. Catamore was great. I thought he had a really good game. I thought Lyndon Gooch was really good as well. I think... We just needed first half to be maybe a little bit braver and just go for it. But second half, I think when Maguire came on, we just felt like we had someone that could open them up. Yeah, I think the first, that was a big difference. The first half was definitely very cagey, wasn't it? We, we, we said yeah, that earlier on. Too cagey. Yeah, there was, there was an element of that. Neither team was getting into a goal-scoring position and neither team was really passing the ball around. And I think we spoke there about Chris Maguire. How much of an impact does he make for you, Graham? Because we, we were putting together moves only really when he came on. I love him. Like, I absolutely love him. For me... There's a lot of talk of Maguire being a better impact sub and, oh, he's not that consistent. You know, like I think it was a Burton game where he came back after he'd been dropped and people were like, oh, once he plays four or five games, he goes off the boil a bit. He's better as an impact sub. For me, like, he's one of our best players. I think our best football we've played this season has been when Maguire's been on the pitch. I think if McGeady and him are both playing, I think we look so much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think we create so much more. I think he holds the ball up really well at the top. He pushes us further up the field. I mean, it's quite evident that I'm quite a big fan of George Honeyman. But at the same time, I think when you're talking about number 10s, like I was really surprised that Honeyman got the nod in that role ahead of Maguire, especially with um, McGeady not being fit. Because for me, Honeyman's not been that great for the past few weeks. I don't um, think Honeyman's a natural number 10, do you? No, I think he's a lot better deeper. His game he's got better, better when deeper. he moved out wide for me yesterday. As yeah, soon as he did, went on the actually, right. Yeah. I mean, the people around us were arguing about why is Gooch coming off? He's been great. And I was thinking, well, tactically I can see why because he's more disciplined defensively. And I thought down the right-hand side, Portsmouth got nothing nah, with Honeyman on that side. didn't. But as a number 10, he was chasing shadows. Mm-hmm. He was getting nowhere near Wyke. Yeah. He, he doesn't get in the position enough as a number 10 where I think he's a, a goal-scoring threat. I think he's quite neat on the ball. I think he gives us good energy. But I, I don't feel like he's someone who can... I even think Luke O'Neill would be better in that role. I think mm. even Luke O'Neill or, or Maguire, I think they're both better number 10 <laughs> from what I've seen than, than Honeyman is. For me, Honeyman's a lot better deeper. I don't think Luke O'Neill will ever get that further up the pitch now. I think now that he's sort of cemented he's himself. A right back, as a, he? He's cemented himself now as a right back. I don't think Ross would ever consider putting him in such like a sort of 
fundamentally different position from you know uh, the, a, a centre attacking mid and a right back are two very different positions. I don't think he would want to change him up that much in such a short space of time. So I think O'Neill will stay where he is. He looks like the type of player who could develop as a right back and yeah. be. I think you. Could, I definitely think if we got promoted, I would be happy with Luke O'Neill playing right back. I think I think O'Neill was just very very willing to learn on the job. He's a sponge, isn't he? Yeah. Whereas yeah. A, lot, a lot of players, we maybe just think, you know what? No, I was signed as a fullback. I'm going to stay as a fullback. Um, I've mm. been signed as a midfielder. I want to stay there. I don't, I don't want to retrain. You know, I I don't want to invest this much. But I think with with O'Neill, you've got someone who was willing to just you know charge headfirst through a brick wall if it means mm. being you know like someone who can contribute a lot to Sunderland. But let's go back to midfielders for a second. And in fact, let's just stay on Maguire just for a second because. I was looking at his game and I was looking at how he was doing when he came on compared to what we had before. And while I think he does, you know, he, he is like a, a leadership figure. There's definitely that element about him and that's great. But what we didn't have before he came on was someone who could really look like they were going to finish the game off and really just sort of, well, I suppose, put it bluntly, someone who could just find the net, really. I don't think apart from Honeyman's like unfortunate miss that we really had someone who was looked like doing that in that game. You know, Morgan was off the boil uh, Wyke was, you know, he was very mobile, but he, he you know, the, the end product wasn't there. There was no one coming off him. It there was, was like, no one coming off him. No, he was winning a lot first half. Wyke, he, he, he won boatloads, and he was causing bother for two, two massive centre offs at the back. But there was no one like Maguire just coming off him. Um, no, I think when Honeyman went to the right, mm-hmm. and then you had, um, was it did Gooch finish on the left? Sorry. No, no, Goose went off. Oh, Goose went off, yeah. Um, yeah. Maguire ended up going on the left when we got the red card. That's right, yeah. that's right, of course. Yeah, I'm but forgetting he... about the red card. But like in, in between that period of before we went down to 10, when we were like attacking and going for it, there was just loads of people coming off uh, White in the second half because of Maguire. Like I thought like Honeyman looked like he was getting into better positions. Um, I think we would have won by more than one if it wasn't for that red card, which is why, you know, you take the 1-0 win and stuff like that. But as soon as Maguire came on, we just seemed to dominate it. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. thought, I agree. if that red card didn't happen, I, I would, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if we got a second. Not or the way Gooch was playing. No, we we had the game by the scruff of the neck before that that, that red card was shown. So, um, and I, again, we'll get to that in a bit. But with Maguire, I just think that his finishing really just set us apart in that game. Obviously, when he scored his goal, there was not only was obviously the finish excellent, but the positional awareness there was crucial. Totally if you look at where the ball comes, the ball comes in from Gooch. And I think perhaps, you know, like a less experienced, less intelligent sort of striker perhaps goes goes to the goal line and tries to get something on it along with the striker who it's currently aiming for. But Maguire sort of steps back, foresees the possibility that the ball come back out to him. And then from mm. there, it's just a case of just pinging it. You know, seeing where it's going to go and just pinging into the bottom left-hand corner. And, he, and again, later on in the game, when we were down 10 men, he makes that run through the middle and then he gets a shot away and it only just hits off the post and goes yeah. out. So this brings me to my point. Could we be playing Chris Maguire as a striker? We'll throw this one to you, Johnny. I don't think you've spoken yet. Do you think we could play Chris Maguire as a striker? And now, now it's striker. Mm, I'm not sure. It depends. If Next season, it depends on what league we're in. Mm-hmm. If we're in the championship, no. I don't think so. If we're in the League One and maybe one of the strikers is injured, then I'd give it a go, yeah, I mm-hmm. would. Yeah, he, he's had a couple of games there, um, not mm-hmm. full games, but he has played mm-hmm. away in a two. Yeah, he did, mm-hmm. yeah, Walsall away was one of them. I just think he's a type of player you let roam and do what he wants. I mean, mm-hmm. he scored a goal just like the one he scored yesterday against Luton at home, if, if you remember. Yeah, he did. Yeah, where just it comes out of him and he, and he does the same thing, mm-hmm. volley from just inside the box. I mean... I thought as soon as that ball sat up, it's in the back of the net. I, I knew it was. When you can envisage what's about to happen in that split second before it happens, I knew he was scoring and he's the one player mm-hmm. in the team who I can bank on Yeah, for that to happen. I think we all saw the ball come out to him and then we see, right, there's Maguire in the centre of the box completely unmarked. It's going to fall to him. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit... He's, that, that When he hits that, it's going to be true and it's going to... It's gonna, it's gonna go where it needs to be. It was Mate, a bit so, like the Defoe goal, wasn't it? I was like just about to say that. Like, I was literally oh, just about to say that. The League One version of the Defoe goal. That, that's like that's the level of quality you know you've yeah. got in the team, though. And like you were saying before about about Maguire, there's not many people or players, sorry, in that team that could have the anticipation he had. Like I totally am with you on what you were saying before about him seeing like his his body shape. He knew that was possibly going to come back out, not to go for the header. Just sat back, got his body in shape. Mm-hmm. And he almost gave himself time to pick which corner he was leathering it into. Like, there's not many players in the team can really do that. No. Um, which and, seems and daft, me, doesn't it? Seems for me, daft because it's like, every week, but... if a ball falls to any professional footballer 18 yards out, 
with no pressure on them. You would expect them to score. You would, but for some reason it's just not a skill every player possesses under pressure. If you look at the way he hits it, he hits it in a way that is very much sort of, that was that was very much foreseen, that if I get the ball from here, this is where I'm going to aim. When the ball comes to him and he sees the players in front of him and the way he bends it, it sort of like scoops its way past all the defenders that could be in the way and is well beyond the reaches of McGillivray. Yeah, it's just, he's just a, nat- he's a natural finisher. Absolutely. He's a natural goal Absolutely, scorer. Is he? And I think as well it's worth saying there's very much, I think, a difference between a roaming player like him and a player that runs around. The difference of the words there is absolutely vital. A player 100%. who roams, he'll move around knowing that any position he could possibly see himself getting into is one where he could create or score. Player runs around was like oh, 09 at the start of the season where he was just too excited. You know, he was just yeah. trying to, like, he was just going around kicking everyone's legs. Like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm on the pitch. You know, just, just, just happy to be alive. But, but he reminds us, I mean, I know this, we're two leagues down, but similar type of player who had a similar effect on us, all, like I say, at a higher level was Sessignon. A player, like you say, who would roam, pick the ball. God, that's, and... a, that's a stupid comment. Sessignon's nowhere near as good as Maguire, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but, those players don't grow on trees whatever level you're at you know what I mean in mm-hmm. League One especially Maguire's got just a little bit of quality that a lot of other teams don't have um, there's a reason he's playing at this level isn't there mm-hmm. for whatever reason he's 29 year old playing in League One on the back of a really poor season at Bury but it's been nice to have him at Sunderland I just think if we get promoted we'll look back at players like Maguire and think for for a Maybe a good portion of the games this season, he's won us a lot of points, won us big games, big game player. And there's how many teams can say they've got one of those? Free no. transfer, no. Yeah. Just remember that free transfer. Yeah, it was a it was a great spot. I think a lot, I think a lot of managers could have seen a season at Bury, and perhaps not not distinguished the symptoms from the cause. You know, well, we didn't pay a penny for him, but it wasn't. We didn't. He, he had a year left on his deal at Bury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bury gave him to us. Yeah, we well, got him out. Well, we got him out of Bury because they just didn't want him. Thanks, Bury. The gamble paid off for us. Absolutely, did absolutely. Yeah. I think he's potentially quite a mercurial figure. I mean, I don't know him personally, of course, but I could see the potential for him being quite a negatively aggressive player. Should things not be going right at the club, but I think that might be dependent on whether or not the club's run right. I mean, Barry was not being run right this time last year, and, and I don't age, believe it's being run brilliantly now. Maybe when he was a lot younger, definitely, I would have thought that. Yeah, you know, when he's a bit less mature, but he's twenty nine now. No. He's one of the senior figures in the squad. He's a game winner, so the the team are naturally going to look to him as like, oh, give the ball to Mags and you'll yeah. you'll, you'll stick it in the back of the net yeah. nine times out of ten. But so, ma- although perhaps maturity with an asterisk because he's certainly not maturing when he's <laughs> not wind up opposition. Well, you know what it is as well though. Like, I just great, think though. that's great. I it think is that's I great. It. How many absolutely love it. How many times have you watched Sun over the years and thought, <clears> why we're not getting into these? Why we're not surrounding the ref? Why we're not winding them up? Winning free kick, Probably winding the time down. Four like four games on the trot. We've. That right back's the worst one for Thompson. him. Thompson, he, yeah. he's he's the biggest snake we've played all season, awesome. right? Absolutely but a player awesome. like no, but their fans will love him, and it's like we love yeah. Maguire for that reason. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. other fans will hate Maguire, and they also like, oh, absolutely yeah. cretin. But then it's it's just a they love him in their team, you know. That's where you know a team like a player like that, someone who winds up the fans because and winds up the players, <laughs> they'd love someone like that in their team. Oh, most people would. It's it's one of those things. We'd all yeah. say that we're here to play like a player X, player Y. But it's happened over the years. Joey yeah. Barton, Robbie Savage, Dennis yeah. Wise. Mm-hmm. Like everyone hated them apart from the teams they played for. Yeah. You know then I mean? other teams would be like, you know what? Actually, yeah. If if they had if the time for them, they'd be quite happy with it. But it's one of those things. That's not me advocating Joey Barton at all. Like you can stay away. Like for <laughs> nope, no. Yeah. Draws, what was the point he, actually he, where I did think. You know what it is? Barton, I would have him at Sunderland. <laughs> I, think, I think he was at Burnley <laughs> at the time. Well, it was that time you talked about oh, like yeah. someone like Savage, he was almost signed for Sunderland in, in Roy Keane's yeah, yeah. Right, But he, he had that awful like voice, like that voice it was, message It was thing. the WhatsApp thing. Uh, yeah. And he was like, nah, not having it. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, oh, brilliant. Don't think Chris Maguire has that as his ringtone. No, no. Nothing. <laughs> no. Oh, no, he's just got uh, what, what would Chris Maguire have as his ringtone, do you reckon? All Hill Some King. proper Ned music. Like, <laughs> some yeah. proper Ned. Something like that, yeah. Now, you know, you know, have you seen Limmy's homemade show? You know, that new thing he's done. I love Limmy. Always like one, two, buckle my shoe, Shoot, three, three four, four, knock at the door, five, six, pick, pick up some sticks, sticks, eleven, eight, lay them straight, nine, ten, 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 nine, 
This is what the podcast has come to. Welcome to welcome to our insanity. But at what cost? It was worth it, right? At what cost? Let's take another call. Right, anyway, yeah, let's pick it back on task. Literally nobody listening to this is going to clear what you're talking about. Hey, no, I reckon that, that's going to, I reckon 4% of our demographic will get that. You know, some people think that. As long uh, as you're hitting that demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to like, see Kenny oh, oh, Jacket on Thursday. She's turned the wings against us. She's turned I want to see that. She's turned the wings against us. She's turned the wings against us. She's turned the against us. Right, okay, we're going to leave Limmy there. Right, so back on task with, as well, on the topic of midfielders. That's something I want to talk about as well. Someone that I'm consistently not very impressed with and you might very well disagree with me on this, but Max Power, I feel like Max Power is playing currently in a ball-winning midfielder's position. He plays further back, in front of the back four, much like Ledbetter and Catamull do. But despite playing as a ball-winning midfielder, he doesn't do a very good job of winning the ball of opposition. He's, he's, he's a much, as, as an offensively-minded player, he can pick out an incisive pass and, he, and he's got a lot of energy about him. But he just... There's a lot of times where you see him sort of like trying to like mangle the ball off, off another mm. midfielder and just can't do it. It's, it's quite frustrating to watch. I just don't think he can play there. I've heard Jack Ross talk a couple of times about power and he said that he's, he, he speaks highly of how vocal he is on the pitch, mm. how, how he talks, how he mm. constantly on everybody's case. And I think you, you do need players like that in the team, which is why I think he played uh, yesterday and has played for a few weeks. To be fair to him, He's done all right. I mm. just think yesterday he wasn't very good. There were a few. There've been a few games now that recently where I thought he's he's played like that. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's for his energy because Ledbetter has range of passing and defensive abilities and set pieces are better better than power, um, but he's just not getting in the team ahead of him at the minute. So I can only presume Power's ability to get around the pitch and at least be in the positions where he can be a nuisance. That is why he's in the team because yeah. he doesn't do a lot for me. That I think. You can hang your hat on Max Power to have a good game the day. If McGeoch had been fit, and he wasn't even in the was squad he, yesterday. Was he injured? Is that what I, was I don't know, say, because, he said, because Ross said he had a fully fit squad. <coughs> but he um, wasn't even on the bench, because it was Denver yeah. Hume that went on the bench, I think. So, when McGee I can only out. presume he just was left mm. out of the squad then. Which is a shame, Why? if that's the case, because I keep saying this, I just think he's the best centre-mid in the squad. All around, I think he is. I think, yeah, Especially yeah. when you're playing with two holding players, McGeoch is the best defensive midfielder in the squad. McGeoch's injuries have just all come at the most agonisingly yeah, worst opportune well. times for him. And then when he played, he played really well against Luton and got dropped for no reason and was out of the team for about three months. That's just, our our it's best just... form has actually been like off the top of my head, kind of around the time when we beat like Plymouth away to now. We had McGeoch and um, Honeyman as the two deep midfielders. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't go forward with that, but just quite a. Curious start, I suppose. Yeah, Honeyman, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like when I'm looking at them on the pitch and I looked at yesterday's team sheet, I look at Honeyman playing in a in a cams role and then I look at Power playing in a ball-winning midfielder's role and just think, why don't you just get them and then just flip them around? I haven't rated Max Power. Like I've not really ever seen a game where I'm going, oh my gosh, what a performance. I've never been convinced by him. Never? Uh, not really, no. Um, I'd like to. Um, he has a great name and I want to see him do well he is a likeable character isn't he yeah, yeah, like, you, yeah. you do want to see him do well yeah but the other part of us thinks he's been in the championship with Wigan twice now obviously left before uh, he could play the season sorry but when he was there last time didn't pull up any trees I think he's a league one midfielder isn't he really uh, might be one of those where he's sort of like neither he nor there you know the kind of players who go up with it, who always go up with teams from the division below but mm. then Never quite cut it in the one above. I well, don't know. I think in the you, you're on about like obviously we're talking about like team spirit leadership. I think he's a big part of that. He seems to be everybody's mate. One thing I notice is every single time you see a photo after a goal's been scored, Power's the first one. Yeah, there. he is. He's he's obviously a good character around the team, and that's probably why he's just in the team ahead a little bit at mm-hmm. the minute. And he'll probably play a Thursday as well, even though he didn't play particularly well uh, this weekend. I just think mm-hmm. I just think there's. Maybe reasons we see other than what we can see with our eyes on the pitch. Why he's in the team? He's I obviously just, very, very vocal. I wish he'd play a bit more. Like, because I, I liked him when he first, like, came, when he first was in the team at the start of the season. Thought he was really good. Mm. But even like Bristol Rovers away in the checker trade, that passed to Will Grigg. Like, yeah, why, he's got why in his locker he does because there's, there's something there which makes me kind of like him. And as a bloke, he seemed like funny spot on really good for team spirit but, but that's it though isn't it if he's further he up the pitch surely he's got more he's got more leeway to find passes like those yeah and it, and we got to remember as well that he's, he's got he's got a decent peg on him from outside the box yeah he, he put one away against um against Peterborough not too long ago 
hit a couple, I think, earlier in the season. Gillingham. Gillingham, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's got a decent, he's a, he's a decent player to depend on from a shot outside the box. Yeah. Did I say a yeah. shot there? I don't think I said, don't <laughs> think I said shot there. I, th- I, th- I just think he's, he's a player you can depend on for a decent finish from outside the box. And he can and he can put a nice pass through to a player like let's say Will Grigg, or as I was advocating earlier, maybe Chris McGuire could do that job. But that's entirely hypothetical. I don't think Ross is going to make any drastic changes between now think, and the I, last two games. I think the team or last be, one game, hopefully yeah. two. If McGeady's fit, McGeady will come in the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, <laughs> Maguire might play. But I mean, there's not much you can change there, is there? Really, it's just a case of trying to stick with what worked. Yeah. And up until we got a red card, it was working very well. What should we be wary of, Graham, going into the reverse at Fratton Park? While we have the goal advantage, is, is there anything in particular that concerns you about playing Pompey for the fifth time this season? Craig? Yeah, 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 there is. I'll, I'll make no bones about it. I really don't like Portsmouth. Um, the team know their fans. But at the same time, there's a reason for that. Like, like we're talking about Thompson before. Like, I want to pull his head off every time I see him play. But the whole team seems to have like a level of like shithousery. And it kind of annoys me, especially if it's going to be at Fratton Park. Like, their fans at Wembley, like, say what you want. I didn't really like the ones I bumped into, but in terms of the noise they made, I thought they were really, really vocal. I think Fratton Park, obviously, what, how many people can you fit in there? Like, 15, 17. 17. Um, just 17. That, just 17 that kind people. of... Two digits, just 17, just 17 people. <laughs> um, that, that kind of ground... And the importance of the game and, and Pompey are a big club, especially at this level. I think there's a lot to be wary about. <laughs> there's, there's points in the season, it's like it's quite a frustrating stat from a, a Sunderland perspective that we've had so many comebacks this season, like more than most. But then we've also had so many, like so many times we've let leads drop. We must be the only team in the league that can win, a, like get an equaliser in the 94th minute after being like 2-0 down like we did at Warsaw or whatever but also the only team that seems to go in the lead an awful lot and then let that drop as well. But it's more kind of like Portsmouth and, and what they're about and what they can do. I'm, I don't worry about them in terms of their like their talent, if I'm honest with you. There's no one that I look at and I go, oh, God, he's, he's some player. They don't have a McGeady. They don't have a Maguire for me. I think Gareth Evans is all right. I think the two holding midfielders they have, I think Naylor and, and Ben Close, are one of the like some of the best midfielders in the league. But they're more of a team unit, aren't they? And it's more kind of their their style of play, how they can wind certain people up. Their fans are obviously really vocal. They're going to be up for it. And yeah, they lost against us yesterday and, and we managed to break that streak of getting beat off Pompey, who we haven't beaten in 10 years, actually, up until yesterday. Really? Um, oh, well, I remember I've been in the same leagues over 10 years. So but I, mean, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't think Portsmouth fans are going to be, if I'm honest with you, too disheartened. It's, it's just still 1-0. Um, it's like half-time, isn't it? Yeah. It but, is. But do I think we have enough to go to Portsmouth and get a result? Absolutely. What about you, Gav? Anything you're wary of? Uh, I'm wary of Pittman coming back in the team because apparently he'll be fit. Who I, th- I think, although he's really slow, doesn't sprint. He just seems to run every game he plays in. <clears throat> um, and I thought they really missed him yesterday. They did. Um, they were very lacking in that sort of area as well. Just as yeah, I think is we it Brown, were. Brown, the other player who was missing, who's meant to be back, I think. The, those, those Basically, Portsmouth have an 11 that pretty much plays every game. Mm-hmm. And two of the key components never played yesterday who might be back fit Thursday. So if that's the case, then we've got that to worry about. But yeah, I agree with Graham about Fratton Park, really. I just think when we were down there early in the season, um, they were loud. Very close to the pitch. Yeah, it's a lot more um, of an intimate ground, the stadium alike. Yeah. Not as big, not as many fans you can get in there, but the ones who are in there are a lot closer and a lot yeah. sort of tighter together than ours are so mm-hmm. I think it's a different environment definitely. the bells worry me a little bit why? because <laughs> it annoys me you worried about being annoyed he wasn't allowed in the stadium with that you know that knob with the bell was he? <laughs> 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 you know there's a, there's a, yeah. we're in a video I saw yesterday anyway uh, well <laughs> yeah some exchange betting companies run short lived promotions like months long offers of low commission. At BetDag, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDag is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDag, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. 
Johnny, what about you? Anything you're particularly concerned about? Home advantage. I mean, I think what's wrong with that dangerous? And it's just surprised me. I'm thinking I thought that had been, you know, scored. I thought at least scored one goal. Somehow we managed to get a one nil win. I feel like the home advantage is going to be um, difficult to contend with. All they need to do is score two goals at home, which probably isn't that difficult for them. And things has changed completely. So I'm very, very anxious about that. And obviously I don't really know if I trust Sunderland to keep um, a 1-0 win and that's it. Flipping it on its head though, Portsmouth's form now, including yesterday's game, is poor. Oh, it's Mm. crap. Um, I think they've lost two, drawn two. And yeah. four, is that right? Yeah, because yeah, right, they, yeah. they, they drew the last game of the season and they lost the game before that, didn't they? Yeah, they they so. did drop a few players for it. Was it Accrington that played the last yeah. game? Mm-hmm. Like I they had a few so, yeah. players. I think Jamal Lowe didn't play and stuff like that. Do you know what I thought we did a brilliant job of keeping him out of the game? I, I actually was thinking, I was going to I was gonna mention about uh, Jamal Lowe as being like, one of the dangers and then I was like, did he play yesterday? Like, I just, couldn't quite click if he played. And I was no, like, oh, I, yeah, he did. We just nullified him so much. I just, I just think that's one of the jobs Catamore did really well yesterday was to keep that him... excellent. He basically man Mark Lowe. Every time Lowe had the ball, Catamore was there. Oviedo was brilliant. Oviedo, Oviedo for me, uh, he doesn't get enough credit. Oviedo, and I, I know he's, I know he's got he's got the prestige that not many of the players in that team, maybe Bar Magidi, have. But mm. I feel like he's been scapegoated from that one game when we drew two two with Peterborough, and he got sent off for a stupid kick at that other player. But since then, I can't really see an awful lot of what he's done wrong. Is that when he kicked Madison up the arse? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was terrible. I mean, but he, to be fair to him, he, every time he's played since, he's done all right. He has. At the very yeah. least, he's done all right. He's never had a bad game for me this season. Not, best, not, not a bad one. Back we have. Yeah, like without. He without. Is, and, and I don't think, I don't think you'll see him back at the stadium. I like. I think that was when he was waving around the pitch. I think yeah. that was. The, I know he did it last year, but and we all thought he would be gone. But I, I genuinely just yeah. think. No matter what league we're in next season, we can't afford him. So he's he away. probably thought we'd be gone last season as well. To be fair, as well, <clears throat> he, he's one of the. He's probably the player of the top earners who you can see you're making a bit of money on. Not necessarily making money on what paid for him, but we'll get a couple of million out of him. You can make two or three million on yeah. off here. Another, another championship club or someone abroad would buy him for that. I think. But if he does stay, the thing I like about Oviedo is he'll not complain about it. Like yeah, you, yeah, you haven't yeah. had a peep out of him, and people were like, "Oh, he's not in the team." Like a few weeks ago, around like sort of the Wembley, sort of like what, like March, sort of um, April time. It was actually after the transfer window, wasn't it? That was right, yeah, and people were saying, yeah. "Oh, he must have chucked these." Like, and I, and I don't think he has. I think I think when he's been interviewed about moving club, he's been very honest. Like I've got no issue being at Sunderland. Like I like being at Sunderland, but if an offer comes in, mm. I think he knows the wedge he's on. He knows what could happen, and West Brom would have been a good move for him because I think he is a high level Championship player. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Could, he, he can play in the champ. Man, this is a man who obviously played in the Premier League for a good number of years, who was only kept. I mean, I've said it a million times. He was only kept out by Leighton Baines, who obviously is a very well, he's good player in the Europa League as well, isn't he? Yeah. 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 You know, you know what was funny about? I know it's going off on a bit of a tangent. What was funny about that? Um, when he was at Everton, he wasn't signed to be a left back. They had like an injury crisis. Oviedo was signed as a winger. He was a winger at Copenhagen. Yeah, left winger. Dropped back into defence to play wing back. And was that good? He was keeping Leighton Baines out of the team, which just shows how what he's capable of. Isn't Some it? boy, leg, didn't he? Was it leg break that got? Yeah, like, yeah. That's the only reason he went out of the team at Everton. It's just a Costa Rican loop or nine. <laughs> the Everton yeah. fans still love him because he scored the winner at Old Trafford against Man U, didn't he? Yeah, um, that's right. He's got, he's got. He's a canny bit lad. When if you're, I think Charlton will be. I know Charlton beat Doncaster today, but slightly didn't they? Was it two one? Two one. So you got to think Charlton will probably win that, and then you've got Portsmouth. And if you're them looking at Sunderland, would you not be wary of everything about us? Because I would. Mm-hmm. Although we finished fifth, you must. If I was them looking at us, I'd be going. They've got Brian Oviedo. They've got Ian McGeady. They've got John McLaughlin, who's arguably the best keeper in the league. One of easily. They've got Catamol, Ledbetter, player like Power, who I know we've just been talking about, but he's in League One. He's fairly well respected. They've got Maguire. They've got Charlie Wyke, who got 17 goals last season. They've got Will Grigg in reserve. Like these teams must look at us and think, like Charlton and Doncaster must have been over the moon. They avoided us. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm not being big-headed about it. I know we have our limitations, and I know we've been poor at times. But I just think we are the team to avoid. If you look at that, our team on paper, you can look and think, right? Okay, yeah, they've they've had a few a few bad patches this season, but they are absolutely not the team you want to catch on a good day. 
arguably the worst team to catch on a good day in any of the league. If you look at these other players, I mean, of course, Luton and Barnsley now out of the equation, but they had some very good players. Mm. Arguably not as much as us. Kiefer Moore was always a scary player to play against. You know, you never like the look at James Collins at Luton. Charlton have Lyle Taylor, but we've got McGeady, obviously, who, mm. you know, he's the best winger in the league. You know, there's there's no bones about any, about that at all. You've got Will Grigg, who obviously you know has a bit of a gammy angle at the moment, but you, 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 it's it's not a name you'd like to see on the bench as an opposition, you know, because you, mm. you know what you know what he can do if he gets in a goal scoring position. You have got Charlie White, as you say, who was banging them in last season for Bradford and has threatened to really improve as this season's gone on. Yeah. There are there are a lot of players in that team who just a, a a big as you've said a big League One names. If you've got our strongest team on paper in a starting eleven and they're on form and the the playing with each other as they always are, yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't like to play us over two legs. If you took a, a team with who were who were fundamentally the same as us, with let's say instead of Aidan McGeady, they had um, Jefferson Montero. There we go, and another another winger. What uh, a throwback name! Uh, that is. Yeah, I don't know. Just pull that name out of nowhere. You had you had someone in League One who had like Hugo Rodiega. You know, someone like that in League One. You'd be thinking, oh god, I don't want to play them over two legs. Christ, no, not at all. It's, it's, that, that's just how it is. But anyway, speaking of Sunderland players in particular as individuals. Let's get on to what is, for me, the hot topic of, of the evening, which is extremely controversial red card. That was Emma brandished in the face of a crestfallen Ali Mozturk when he fairly brought down um, Gareth Evans, getting all of the ball and very little of the man. What did you see, Gav? What did you see from where you were sat? From where I was, I was sat, it looked like a good tackle. It looked like a hard, fair tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pace of which he raced across to get to the ball anyways was probably what decided the for the referee because the ref has looked at that. He's coming from the side quickly. The player's bundled over. The ball hasn't actually flown out of play to the right. So you're, you're thinking, uh, sorry, to the left. So you're thinking, well, has he got much of the ball? But the ref straight away, he was getting his card out as he was running. He was straight over the no, red. No. He didn't even think about it. Didn't talk to the linesman. Didn't get like a second opinion on it, so he was fairly certain of what he'd seen. Um, and I just think we are well within our right to get that rescinded. And if and if we do, is that the fourth red we've had rescinded this yeah. season? If that happens, ridiculous! It's absolutely atrocious. Like, has that ever happened? How Four red cards Maguire, rescinded in one season. Ozturk. Yeah, Maguire against Luton was one that when Pro but let's completely lost control of the game. There was power at Walsall. There was, I mean, there's Ozturk. Another one was, was it, power, no, Power only had one. He got, he got two yeah. reds, but he had a th- the third rescinded. I feel, like, I feel like this would be the fourth. I may be wrong. Someone will probably correct me. Well, oh, yeah, no. no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, no, that's. I, Anyways, it was a well, game, th- third, it? third or fourth, even three. Three's ridiculous. Badness. Yeah. It's, in what other profession could you afford to make such a crucial mistake three times? The thing that annoys me as well is that referee was really good when he refed us against Doncaster the other week. Ah, yeah, it was Andy Wilmer, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a good ref in that one. Yeah, really good. I, I, can, I can remember per, like talking about it after that one. You know, it is he, he done a really good job. The night mm-hmm. he let the game flow. He, you know, he made these decisions, but he made them well. He, he, he controlled the game. I thought they had yesterday complete opposite. No, it's, all it's over the shop. To be horrendous, and could have cost us promotion if you think of it that way. So by be, making a be. bad decision, which put us down to ten men with what. Don't know half an hour left to play or something. Twenty-five or something. Yeah, and a free kick from outside the box is the which they uh, hit the post with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh god, how how different a game is that if that goes in? And there you go. The referee would have cost us a win. Would deserved potentially. Yeah. What do you think would have happened if that went in? Do you think that's another one-one, or do you think it's even worse? Yeah. Think, yeah, I think we would have defended the same way. We would have. I mean, it was great to see what we're capable of when we're concentrating, mm. isn't it? Because yeah. the the team automatically and this, this happens quite often with teams who go down to ten men they suddenly remember how to defend because mm-hmm. they're like right we have to concentrate completely now and they don't switch off and it's often said isn't it that teams who play with 10 men are harder to play against mm-hmm. say Ozturk's red card doesn't get overturned which I'd be surprised but we've seen weirder things who do you play? Dunn Dunn and Flanagan yeah Dunn and Flanagan I mean, I wouldn't have started Flanagan yesterday, but I thought he did all right, actually. Yeah, he did. He did. Right. But then he, he's that type of player, isn't he? He's a one-and-two player. He'll have a good game, a bad game, and I just hope he doesn't play badly on Thursday. It, the issue with Flanagan is when it's... Well, I mean, I don't like his distribution, first and foremost, but it's just his lack of physicality is what lets him down. Arguably mm. let him down in the build-up for what could have... For, for, for Ozturk's red card. Because I think, I think he, he, was, he was trying to like grapple with someone 
I forget who. Yeah, was it him he, who lost the ball? Yeah, but then yeah. he just he just lost it, and then I think I don't know, I don't know. And then obviously they they could square the ball to um, to to Gareth Evans, and he could he just had a great bit of space to run through one goal. And I think you know in that position you need Flanagan to get something on that. You know, I mean, whether or not he wins it and gets it clear is 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 by the by what he needs to do at the very least to just get rid is just to put him off enough to sort of not let that attack materialise. But the issue is that he just whoever. Whoever's on him just shoulder barged up, shoulder barged him off the ball, and then next thing you know, Gareth Evans is through on goal. And you know, if you've then got the awful scenario of either Ozturk makes a challenge like that and then gets a red, where even though he shouldn't have, he got it. The alternative is that he could race through on goal and score. You know, yeah. it's it's just it's a it's not a situation you can afford to have. So he, he's a he's a bit of a bomb scare for me, Flanagan. He worries me a bit. Um, he's a League One defender. He's a League he's a League One defender. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but he's a is he a centre half though? Well, not I mean, by trade. He's not, is he? No. He's, he's played as either a defensive mid or a fullback. Isn't is for large parts of his career. He's not well, a centre back. But... Long term, I would worry about him being first choice at Sunderland because he has been for much of this season. I just think going forward, we need we need better. We should have, we should have recruited better in the in the winter window, and we didn't. No. And that's why players like Flanagan are still playing. But I mean, thank God for Ali Mozturk, yeah, because he's he has actually been really good since he came. In the yeah, team. He, he came out of nowhere. Really, didn't he, when he came back and. I think when we all saw, I mean, I remember about three podcasts ago, sort of like cheering, like ironically, oh yeah, let's get him in, why not? You know, it'd be banter if nothing else. Mm. But then when I saw the name on the team sheet against, um, uh, who was it, against Doncaster, I was like a little bit terrified, thinking like, oh God, <laughs> my abiding memory of, of Ozturk is that bloody awful challenge against Forestieri, against Sheffield Wednesday, mm. and of course pre-season where he, you know, he looked about three stone overweight. Well, do you know what it is? He's, he is... A great example for what being patient and working hard can get you. Yep. Because he was totally written off. He was definitely not fit. He didn't play for what seemed forever. But he's coming to the team. He's fit. He's motivated. He's kept his head down. And ultimately, he's just been, been able to come into the team and and do the job we've wanted our centre-halves to do all season. Yep. A no nonsense centre back. Yeah. And again, I will hark back to our conversation with Danny Collins where he just said, Yeah, you know, a, a centre back at this level, all you really need to do is have that awareness and have that 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 ability to get just just to hold off a, a nippy striker who's mm. under pressure and getting rid of the ball. Yeah. And he did that. And that brings me as well onto um I mean we've spoken at length about what Sunderland have done well. Yeah. Let's talk now about what Portsmouth didn't do because they had a bit of a shocker. I thought, I thought, um, for for all of Kane Jacket's prestige about his his tactics, etc., he got it completely wrong when he he stepped up against us. Obviously, he, they weren't playing for for a win at all, which was, no. in my opinion, a terrible they idea. Came for a nil, nil, didn't no, they came for a nil nil, which which was a terrible idea because you know you can't set up against us at home like that. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna get something together and get something. We always score. It's only yeah. Barnsley if not if, if, the only team who've stopped us from scoring is Barnsley, and and they're they're out of this league now. And that game was a total freak game, yeah. where the wind spoiled it. Totally. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was... I, would, I would, I would actually put it down to the weather. The fact we didn't score mm-hmm. that day. Honestly, I was, I was there in the crowd watching it, and I've never seen wind affect a game of football like that. that so, was ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. We, other than other than that, yeah, we've been yeah. been hard to score. So I think if Jack had played for the nil nil, then he's made a, a very a, a naive decision that's maybe unbefitting of someone of his caliber, if you want to say that, but. Another thing as well that I thought he did as well is management with his players. Like Jack Ross's subs were excellent. I think we'd all agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, his were jackets were terrible. And uh, I reckon. Yeah, the, I mean the guy who came on up front with the first thing I noticed about him was he was wearing short sleeves and gloves, which was strange because it wasn't cold. No. And I just thought you're immediately were like, okay, you've not got the resilience to no, play in this game like this. Yeah. And then he got. And then he just spent the rest of the game complaining, trying to win free kicks and not getting them. Giving fouls away himself. Oh, that was Omar Bogle, wasn't yeah. it? That's what he's called. Ah, well, he, he, he's... He, he just gave he gave so many free kicks away. It was ridiculous for a player. He came on and actually set them back because mm-hmm. Hawkins, while he never looked like a goal threat, and he hasn't really against us um, most of the time. He, but he always seems to play well against Sunderland. Do you know what it is though, right? With with Ollie Hawkins, is that all game he was essentially pocketed by Ozturk because while Ollie Hawkins is a big lad, so so is Big Aleem. Yeah. And I think because Aleem's that no nonsense kind of centre back, he's really good at just like fending off a player like that in a very simple way. Well, he, but is well, it he, the first time he, they've he, met. Did yeah, Ozturk, but I believe did so. Playing the last game, I know. I don't think Hawkins did. Did he? I think James Vaughan started that game. James Vaughan started. Ollie Hawkins came on later yeah, in the game though. Yeah. But what it was was I think 
Ozturk was able to match Hawkins's physicality toe to toe, and he held him off for large parts of the game. But then the problem was, well, a problem for him, not for us, that when when Ozturk was sent off, he took Ollie Hawkins off almost immediately after. Mm. Surely, surely, if if I was Jack, then I'd be thinking, right, hang on, hang on, the, the lad who's been holding off our big lad all game's just gone. Surely now let, let's let's have him up against Flanagan, who's about you know. So sort of see the thinking behind it because. Bogle is a big lad, but he's a bit more mobile than Hawkins is. Yeah, but he, like I say, he just the first, like I say, the first thing I noticed was why is he wearing gloves? It's not that cold. No, what's that about? And I know that sounds daft, but to me, if I was a player playing against him, I'd think you're not up for this, really. Are you? No, you're not. Yeah, if, if you if you're hearing you, your your hat and your woolly scarf, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't really think you're you're in for the fight. You're up for the fight, really, are you? Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a loan. He's he's on loan from Cardiff, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's a. Uh, but he, he, just ran, he just ran around kicking people and making daft fouls. And no. he actually set Portsmouth back a long way because yeah. when they had a chance to get a foothold in the game, he was just mm-hmm. he was keep giving us free kicks. There was an issue as well at the end because I think I think there was like a, a bit of handbags between him and him and Kenny Jacket because he wouldn't go and applaud the away fans. So I don't think he's the kind Did, of character. Is that right? I didn't yeah, know that. I, I caught that. Yeah, so I don't think he's the kind of character really that perhaps. Perhaps was up I've been with... totally unimpressed by him. I thought he. I, every... I, I think he's a bit naff. He's played us a few times now in the season, and I just think. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad we've got. I'm glad we had Kaz Sterling over him. To be honest, I say that one ironically. You know, at least, at least, I'd rather have a young lad who's willing to prove himself with minimal experience than just yeah, some yeah, and a, 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 a Premier League loanee with who possibly just thinks that this is all above him, really. But anyway, Perhaps, yeah. I, I'm, I'm making assumptions about this character that I, I can't really. I can't really um, uh, based on the fact he was wearing gloves. Well, uh, you know what? No, that that's fair enough. I think uh, what psychology have it gone? Oh, you wearing gloves. Oh well, you know. I, I can't remember whose yeah. book I read, but they said about that, and they're like, as soon as I saw a player who was wearing gloves, hmm. I'd saw him avenue. Yeah, soft. Yeah. If, if Roy Keane sees someone walk on the pitch with like, with, even with like a thermal vest and a pair of gloves, he'd be like, "Hang on." I was told a story about Kevin Ball where, when he was in charge of the academy, the kids who were wearing gloves, the coaches would be like, "Quick, Ball, he's going. Get your gloves off. Get your gloves off." And they're all like, "Ball, let the roll their sleeves up." Yes, <laughs> that's that, that's what's what you want. Like that, nah. that's the culture you want. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to the game on on Thursday a lot more than I thought I would be. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to try and be a positive approach about it. I did say I'm a bit suspicious about you know Sunderland's form and you know the way we are. You know Sunderland being Sunderland. You know it's not over yet as the hashtag is at the moment. Is that right? That's the right. Not, it's not done yet. Not done yet. Not done yet. I'm going to be optimistic. I think we'll get a draw, which will be enough for us to go through. It will. It won't just be a draw, Johnny. It will be the penultimate one-one of the season. It'll be the one-one that finally secures our final step to promotion. That's what it'll be. Yes. Yes, it will. Yeah, it'll be absolutely. It'll be absolutely glorious. I don't know. Any any parting thoughts from you, Gav? I just think it's good to have some momentum going in this game because mm-hmm. this was always the harder of the two games. Yeah. I felt. Just think they're a bit. I know. I know that form doesn't suggest it because the home form is actually not that great. But I just think. Back to the game earlier in the season when, all right, we were the better team until we had a man sent off. But I just think once they had the man advantage, the crowd really played its part. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a, sorry, sorry, I'm going to cut straight across you here. Do you get a trophy yeah. winning the playoffs? Yes, do you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you do, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you do. sorry, yep. keep talking now. Get, I'm just going to go. Then you it. don't get a trophy for second place. Yeah. The, the, the trophy, um, yeah, you get a trophy for winning the playoffs, just like Salford did yesterday when they got promoted. Same for the playoffs in the championship. You get a trophy. Yeah, that, that is weird. That, that's really weird. Playoffs, well, it playoffs probably isn't considered trophy. like an important trophy, you know, when people look no. back. I suppose there's probably more pressure that goes into the playoffs than there does in the finishing second, if that makes sense. I remember at the start of the season, I might have actually been on here when I said it, mm-hmm. that if I could pick the route to the championship, it would be winning that playoffs. Well, just for the spectacle. Yeah, wouldn't, getting to see someone win at Wembley, yeah. you know. But obviously now sitting here, I'm gutted we never went up automatically because... We could, the yeah, pressure we could, of having to play these extra games is mm-hmm. is it is difficult to deal with. I'm glad the players dealt with it well yesterday because the fans certainly didn't. I know people were really nervous when and maybe Ooh. not not feeling too up for it. Yeah, um, I mean in the ground it was brilliant. I thought the atmosphere, considering it was the lowest crowd of the season for a league game, was brilliant. Absolutely, South Stand, Southwest Corner especially were just loud constantly. I mean, I never sat down. Um, I'm in the southwest and I stood the whole game. Mate, I'll tell you how you know it was a good atmosphere, right? I was sat, I mean, I don't normally sit here, but I was sat in the northeast corner for that particular game. The northeast corner was loud. Yeah. If that's yeah. not an indication that it was a good atmosphere, <laughs> then I don't know what is because yeah. it's yeah. never loud over there. We, we, we just never sat, 
the whole game was brilliant. Yeah, I just think when when it boils down to it, and you, you know, you people are worried all week. Oh, would there be a big crowd there? It doesn't matter because the ones that the ones that are there, as long as they're like really behind the team, yeah, singing the hearts out for the lads. Out, yeah, then what does it matter? I mean, you, there could have been forty thousand people in the ground yesterday, and you wouldn't have known the difference atmosphere wise. Matters. It matters not. It matters. It does not I mean, matter the, at all. The commentator made a comment when I, I watched the goal back. Hang on. Was, sorry. Sorry. That's that's pretty exclusive. That Gav. The commentator made a comment. Yeah. The, yeah. He made. The, a, he made. A, he made a. Can they do that? Commentators. He, Can yeah, commentators make comments? It's part of the job description. Yeah. <laughs> um, when when Maguire scored, he, he he says something along the lines of like the noise has just lifted the roof off or something. Like yeah. That. And you think we've whinged all week trying to like get people to mm-hmm. come and make a big deal out of the game. Yeah. And to be honest, did it matter? No. Because because it was loud in there. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have known it was twenty six thousand. Yeah, if you get another two K coming along reluctantly, does it really boost the atmosphere? Not saying that you have to be constantly shouting while you're there, but I think the people who were there did a brilliant job. There was a sense of occasion, even though mm-hmm. it was a it was a lower crowd. It was, of course, as well as seven forty five kickoff, so you got about three more hours for pints, which <sighs> is it. always helpful. Well, it it did for the Doncaster game. The Doncaster game, yeah. yeah. The atmosphere was outstanding. Absolutely, was it. Yeah, I, th- I think we're more or less good to end that there, unless you have any other talking points, I think boys. you can look sometimes at the game psychology and maybe, and I, ha- I highly doubt it, but Kenny Jackett might be looking at it and going like, you know, we didn't really play that well today, but Sunderland will have the momentum and they'll believe in their head, maybe we can get through mm-hmm. and then Portsmouth will take advantage well, I, of that. And I heard his, I heard his um, interview after the game and he, apart from the ridiculous comment about Turk's red card, he said, um, you know, it's half-time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're quite happy with the scoreline. It's not the end of the world. It's not a disaster, is what he said. Are you though? Are you really happy with a one 0 loss to Jack Ross's Red and White Wizards? <laughs> no, but honestly, I just as, as a part and comment, I just want to say that it's taken us four attempts to beat them, right? And I think there was an element of if we didn't beat them this game, we were never going to, because mm-hmm. I think four times to not beat a team is a bit farcical, even though a lot of those games have been very unlucky. Yeah, I think if we came away with a nil-nil or a one-one, we might think, God, we're just not going to overturn them, are we? Especially off the back of that red card, mm-hmm. we might go there thinking, right, well, we just we haven't done it yet, so what we've got to do it now when we're away again? Balls in their court. Balls in, in balls their in their fans, court. Yeah, and then pressures on them. Yeah, and and then uh, I don't know. I just now that we've beat them, I think Portsmouth themselves will be very worried. I think. They might sort of think that maybe we haven't found out Sunderland because we've just been, you know, very comfortably beaten by them. And and going into the second leg, while this is on our home turf, they've got a goal up and they've now got the momentum. So I think the the, the ball's in neither court. I think it's very up in the air. They weren't confident before the game yesterday. They weren't. And they're going to be even less confident now. No, no. So I think we've just got to strike while the iron's hot and we've got to just, like, get into them early doors, get an early goal and just watch them just, like, if he's got an early goal, then Drop the back sides, I'm basically. quite confident we'll get through. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that. Anyway, um, during at some point in our dialogue there, I've got the playoff final trophy up. Um, I'm very much looking forward to us getting to the uh, the uh, Wembley again. You know, we'll put the champagne on ice, we'll go to Wembley twice, etc. It's going to happen. I'm sure the ticket office Park. is delighted at the idea of Oh, oh Absolutely. And, and what a great trophy it'll be to lift. I mean, what you have as an advantage over the Checker Trade Trophy, right? Just got a little cross-reference of them here. The Checker Trade Trophy doesn't have any handles. It doesn't. The playoffs trophy does, and it's a lot more of a traditional trophy shape. Plus, it's got two bits of bunting hanging off the handles, as opposed to just sort oh, of like, as, 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 as opposed to a, a white and gold bit of ribbon that hangs from the bowl of the Checker Trade Trophy. So, obviously, I mean, you know, I, 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 I was very much a fan of the design of the Checker Trade, but in, now that I've had a taste of the good life here, you know, <laughs> I, I, I only want, I only want to see Alamos Tech lifting this. I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> If if someone of our players clasped the hand around the Checker Trade Trophy's base, they could easily drop it. There's no risk. There's there's no there's no um, uh, the, the the due diligence was done. Yes. With the Sky Bet Playoffs Trophy, so that's that's good for me. That's really got me in the mood to watch us in the final. So if that was what does it for you, mate? No. Well, that's what motivates you to go to Wembley. Well, and watch us lift well, this I, I, I I just think that sometimes yeah, you need yeah. to appreciate the craftsmanship. That's all, and I just think it's very yes. important. Is there anything else here that I can? Aye. Anything else you just here? Don't have the little man, the trophy maker. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always, I always advocate the little man. I mean, there's also like two sort of like 
lines of sort of like definition going across the top of the sky that our wonderful fans are all right then so you definitely are uh, yeah yeah completely because yeah. uh, you know you're uh, <laughs> looking at things like this if you design yeah one, yeah 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 uh, I, yes, I, I, yes. absolutely yeah i mean i'm i'm sure i have a shade of silver from my uh, games workshop paint set that would um, uh, <laughs> make a perfect replica of such a trophy absolutely so, yes yeah that's yes, actually yes. the only reason i watch football is because i like to design them um, uh, trophies based on them, yep. uh, my favorite warhammer figurines is, is that what they're called, figurines? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Well, get it right. You should know this. Come on. I, should, uh, I really should, yeah. Look. Excuse me. I'm yeah. going to go play World of Warcraft before you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's that, boys. So, yeah. Um, uh, hopefully, I've painted a nice picture in your head there, Gav, what the trophy looks like. As well, you can't, I can't see, see your screen, yeah. Well, so, but yeah, but, yeah, but surely my... my, my it's It's the Valhalla of trophies, Gav. Honestly, it's... Um, it's if this trophy... This trophy deserves a trophy. It's that good. Well, there we go. There we go. Okay. Thank you very much for entertaining me on that bit of an off-key run at the end there. But we, we managed to get about an hour of, um, uh, of of discourse there that was actually meaningful. So if you turned off it at this point, then that's absolutely fair enough. And I'll, I won't do this too often. I just felt like bringing that up again because it looks quite nice. But anyway, thank you very much to Gav, Graham and Johnny for joining me in the studio today, boys. No problem. Yes, thank you, Alex. Aye. Yeah, Graham didn't reply because he left. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you had to get a train. Yeah, you had to get a train. You know, he's he's um he's sort of like meandering around Sunderland now. Those passionate rapport fans. Yeah, just try and find see if you can pinpoint the moment when Graham leaves. You might hear it if you can so, really be bothered. Mm-hmm. Listen to this all again and find the bit where he leaves. Yeah, yeah. And if you do, we'll, there's a we'll prize. Follow you on Twitter. If, or if you can pinpoint the, the prize, if you apparently. can if you can pinpoint the exact moment, the exact moment in minutes and seconds and milliseconds, if you can pinpoint it precisely. I will Alex, um, give you one of these figurines. No. 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 Oh. oh eh? I'm not giving I'm not giving them away, Johnny. <laughs> no, I'll I'll um I'll I'll mail you a star bar if you do all of that. That's a promise. Alright. Yeah, look, yeah I'll, I'll if you can find the, the exact the first person to find the exact moment that Graham leaves the podcast studio, I will mail you first class a star bar and that and that's that's a promise. Thank that's, you. That's worth it. Be fair, like. Hey, I, honestly, I mean, to be honest, like, it's minimal effort, and it's, that's it's more than any trophy. Minimal effort, minimal reward. You know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for entertaining us and our terrible senses of humour, mainly mine, but terrible senses of humour. Thank you very much, and I look forward to recounting our win over Portsmouth at their place. How are the lads up? The boys. It's the hope I can't stand. Not cetera. done yet. Not done yet. Say that to me. Come on, then. Second on the shot, somebody have seen Tesso. Come on, then. Chat check, one, two. MC stop and MC Tattoo coming in! Uh-huh. DJ Direct, that's his shot. Everybody ready for the rush and I'm playing! Ha ha! MC stop and Tattoo, microphone, play, 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 play!
is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.